Good morning and welcome to episode 33 of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm watching those subscriber numbers grow and it's really exciting. I'm getting your feedback through text, through email, and I really, really appreciate the engagement and the time that you're spending with this show. It makes it uh, even more exciting to reach out and connect with new creatives and bring their story to you, the listener. If you haven't had a chance to subscribe yet, please head over to iTunes and Spotify and click that subscribe button. New episodes seven days a week, every single day. Yep, crazy. Uh, Today's guest is Jay Master. He is the designer and principal at Jay Master Design in Austin, Texas. Now, this was a cool interview right from the start where he shares how he moved from Colorado to Hawaii and then into Austin, Texas, Uh, how he had hippie parents. And he originally went to school to become a stockbroker and realized he's not quite a numbers guy, uh, definitely more of a creative guy landed in the video game industry after doing design school and uh, doing video game audio recording, which he shares with us a little bit more in detail. And it's interesting to hear, you know, if you don't know what goes on behind the scenes to make those, um, definitely listen in. So let's get into today's episode where Jay shares his story with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Master from Austin, Texas. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Jay. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Uh, No problem. Pleasure being here. Thank you, Dave. No problem. You ready for a Quickie? Yeah, let's do it. Attaboy. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. All right. I grew up in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Um, Lived there for about 20 years. Moved out to Honolulu. Uh, Ended up going to school out there and sort of beginning my uh, design career adventure. And then moved out to Austin about five years ago. Okay. And uh, you didn't want to stay in Hawaii? No, Hawaii is a beautiful (laughs) place, but it's ridiculously expensive. Is it really, hey? Yeah, a gallon of milk will cost you seven bucks. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I see it. <laughs> I haven't been to Hawaii, but uh, everybody's telling me I got to get there, so. Definitely worth a visit. Cool. And uh, are you a family guy? You're a swinging bachelor? No, I'm a family guy. I've got a 10-year-old kid, uh, a wife that uh, has her own design clothing business as well. Oh, cool. So busy household in Austin, Texas then. Yeah, we're busy. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I want to take it back to when you were a childhood then. What was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had uh, a creative childhood? And if so, what made it that way? Oh, most definitely. You know, I grew up, uh, both my parents were hippies. Um, <laughs> grew up to my mom listening, anything from David Bowie, Bob Marley, your mix, Talking Heads, yeah. you know, on and on, uh, surrounded by other creative people, painters, et cetera. So I definitely have been around it my whole life. Gotcha. Any stories stand out from that where you were painting with mom standing on the countertop or something? You know, I'd have to think back on that. You know, probably the things that I remember the most is just waking up in the morning and her blasting Marley. (laughs) 
very open, very free household. Yeah, most definitely. Got it. So then what do you think led you to becoming a designer? Oh, it's been a long sort of winding road. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally went to school. I was going to want to be a stockbroker. Wow. Okay. Dance. Yeah. Um, did that for about a year and a half, realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I ended up taking some time off and sort of thought about where I wanted to go. I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Yep. Um, ended up choosing Hawaii um, to go to school and sort of live and sort of be in paradise and um, found my way from there. Perfect. So did you actually finish school to be a stockbroker and started in the trade? No, I had got about a year and a half in with school. Okay. Um, so I was taking a bunch of business classes, et cetera, and just realized that was nowhere where I wanted to be. I've heard being a stockbroker or heading in that path can cause you to do some real life gut checks. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not really a numbers guy. You yeah. know, I've sort of been creative my whole life and, you know, it just sort of took time to realize that that was the direction I should go in. Mm-hmm. So take us back then to when you first started noticing design out in the world. What did you start seeing? Well, see, I, you know, I started noticing when I was sort of younger, you know, looking around. I always used to sort of look at logos and draw the shapes and, you know, emulate what the Coca-Cola was or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I've always been intrigued by packaging. Yep. Um, as well as, you know, even video games, you know, like growing up playing video games, you know, looking at the environments inside and seeing how people make cities or whatever it might be um, always sort of intrigued me. That's cool. So what was your favorite game as a kid? Wow, Super Mario Brothers, probably. You know, that was one of the first ones. It's the classic. Yeah, you know, there's a bunch of Contra, you know, and it's sort of moved on. Man, there's so many. I used to get into all the RTS, so SimCity and Civilization and... You know, I have really. I, I spent some time in my childhood with SimCity 2000. Oh God, I love that game. It was awesome. You know, where you build a city and then just go in and natural disasters destroy it and get away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> send the, send the alien robots in. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so then, when you started out in this creative field, what is something you wish you knew when you first started? Well, there's a lot, you know, <laughs> because when you first start in the creative field, you sort of have this sort of, I'm going to call it bright eyed, you know, and you're ready to roll. Yeah. And, and you realize, you know, all the projects that you're going to get aren't exactly what you thought they were going to be when you're in design school. Mm-hmm. You know? And so you sort of just have to be ready and prepared for anything that can come and learn how to evolve and really establish a process processes and processes and terms and things like that. Those are built on uh, mistakes made in the journey. Oh, most definitely, you know, and the, they're also built from what I learned in school mm-hmm. um, and what I didn't learn in school. Yep. You know, because there's a ton you don't learn in school. Yeah. You got to get out there and, and figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. So what has been one of the most influential designs of your life so far, either something you've seen or something that you've been a part of? Okay. Um, I used to work for Konami, creating video games. Okay. So they had a studio in Honolulu, and um, I worked on interfaces, and I did some audio design copywriting uh, for soccer games. Mm -hmm. And it was a great experience, you know, and when I first started, it was an incredibly romantic idea of making video games. You know, I I had an Xbox and a PlayStation and Nintendo at my desk. Um, You know, but as sort of time went on, I realized I'm working 15 hours a day, 
um, working on these massive projects, which are a great thing to be a part of because you end up having eight artists, five programmers, three audio designers, you know, whatever it may be. And so it's a huge collaborative process. And so you really got to work together well for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. But it, it can really drag on you after a long period of time. And I realized that making video games wasn't what I wanted to do yeah. long term. And so I started to realize looking at it and sort of starting to deal with actual clients and people in the world, business people, that it was best if I go back to school. So I, I had a, a two-year degree that I got in graphic design at that point. And I said, okay, I'm going to go back to school. So I went back to school, got my BFA, and also got my degree in marketing because I had business credits. So I decided to get a, a dual degree. Cool. So what part of that video game were you uh, working on? Uh, we'll see. I did a bunch of interfaces for Game Boy Advance games. Okay. Um, and then the last game I worked on, they actually moved me into the audio department because I knew a program called SoundForge. Okay. Um, so I was able to edit audio, and you know, I did a bunch of different things. But um, I ended up writing a soccer commentary for MLS Extra Time for ESPN. Okay. Which was a wild experience because there was probably ten to fifteen thousand lines of audio. Wow. So if you can imagine all the different variations that can happen in a soccer game, right? So I'm yeah. doing the color commentary for that. And so if you have a pool, say a forward pass, right, that's at midfield, there has to be 10 to 15 different variations of that line that can happen there. And then you build off, you know, it's a massive tree. Oh, my gosh. And then you have to code sort of when and where the audio happens and code the randomness. Of right. That. Wow. Right. Yeah, no, it, it was crazy, you know, and um, I actually recorded my voice first with all the lines. Mm -hmm. So we were able to do that before we went and recorded the actual talent. Got it. So that that project uh, would have been influential for many reasons, it sounds like, from understanding the scope of something that big, working in a team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because working, working with people, I mean, that, that's one of the biggest assets you can have, yep. you know, learning how to talk and deal with people on various levels and realizing you're all coming from somewhere. Definitely. You know? And especially if, you, if you're all skilled at what you're doing, you all have an opinion and direction and sort of an idea. And so really learning to listen, really important. Got it. So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Probably right when I graduated after, you know, getting my degree again, um, I went and worked for an ad agency mm -hmm. and I was doing work that I didn't really enjoy. Um, the agency itself, the way that it was built, I just felt sort of really stagnated mm -hmm. and um, it was it was really hard. You know, I wasn't interfacing with clients. You know, there was an account executive that was passing on my work to the client and then, you know, the whole telephone game. And um it was really hard. I was started to think about, is this something I really want to do? Do I want to work in agencies or where do I want to go with this? Yep. Um, so on social media then, have, has social media changed graphic design or the process of design? Um, do you feel that that's beneficial or harmful? I think it is changing it. Yeah. I, I think in positive and negative ways. Mm-hmm. I think positive ways we have visibility now to designers we've never been able to see before. Yep. 
you know, otherwise, you know, there was dribble a little bit before Instagram, et cetera, but you know, you never had access unless you go to the bookstore and see only the people that have been published. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we're able to see all sorts of designers, young designers can actually talk to older designers and learn things. Um, you know, but some of the negative sides of it is that, you know, it's sort of a culture of likes people just creating stuff just to get likes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's part of the learning process too. But you know, you really got to think about why you're creating and what you're creating. Definitely. You know, I, I always kind of think about it as like a return on investment. Like, what am I creating this for, and what do I want to get out of it? Yeah. What's the purpose? Yeah. Got it. Um, so, sticking with the social media a little bit, who is a designer or brand that you look up to or closely follow, and what is it about them that you like? follow a ton of designers you know i can't say that there's one in particular that i really really like um you know sort of old school you know paul rand and massimo benelli and you know these sort of guys that you know i've always just sort of looked up to their ethos and how they do things mm-hmm. so I, I try to sort of follow along what they set up as a path um but I'm constantly looking at new designers, you know, designers that are already established, you know, being on Dribble or whatever it may be. You know, just, just try to expose myself to all sorts of different work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Diversity, right? Because it, uh, you know, helps shape and guide some of your work, maybe in in the sense oh, that looking at it from different angles. Yeah, you know, you, you can't do things in a vacuum or be myopic, right? You know, you have to do things, especially in design, and every project's different. Mm-hmm. Now, every company is different. Every business owner is different. You know, so as diverse as we can be in coming up with our solutions, mm-hmm. it only benefits you. Myopic. I like that word. Um, how do you gauge if your designs are resonating with their intended audience? Good question. Um, a lot of it is, you know, the process. You know, at the beginning, I, you know, how I work with my clients is, you know, I, always do mood boards. I always try to learn about their field, their industry, who the demographics are. Um, for example, if I'm doing packaging for somebody, you know, say I, I'm doing beer cans, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. I'll go into the grocery store, I'll take photos of the aisle and make mock-ups and stick those things into the shelves in different locations, see how it looks, see how it feels, and see if it will resonate. You know, because it has to like it belongs but it has to differentiate itself right definitely so you have a sort of heavy uh, front end process that helps really shape the way you look at it and the way you want the customer to perceive it definitely yeah it's definitely front loaded you know because as much as you can figure out in the beginning before you put pen to paper is hugely beneficial Mm -hmm. And so when you're starting a new project, is that how you kick it off? Usually you go through the process and then you get down to actual pen or pencil on a notepad, or do you get right into, um, you know, the computer and, and laying things out that way? Um, yeah, typically what I'll do is, you know, I'll sort of just give you a short process of how I go through a client mm-hmm. is I give them a questionnaire. So I ask a ton of questions. I have them fill that out and then we have a discussion and go back and forth on that. And then I'll create my mood boards from there. Um, and then once we establish the direction of the mood boards, then I'll go in and I'll start sketching. Um, and then I'll jump on the computer. I sort of go back and forth on that. 
yep. um, a lot of the times. And, you know, depending on the client, too, I may give one or two different versions. I may give three. It really depends on, on who they are. Mm-hmm. So I want to sort of stick with that, um, you know, your projects here. And uh, I, want, I want you to take us to a design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. Um, what was that like? How did that feel? Well, first it felt like crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all have failures, right? Like, yeah, yeah failing sucks. Um, but, you know, I was working on a rebrand project and, you know, I was really actually proud of the rebrand, the logo, everything I created. Yep. And then when it went to press and I got the final pieces, it ended up just being this neon piece of crap. Uh, and I was so disappointed. My client was disappointed. They were great, but they were disappointed. And we ended up having to reprint everything. And it was just, you know, I realized at that point, okay, double check, triple check everything. You know, because I had done one press check and then I walked away. And, you yeah. know, as early on in my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the print industry. And, and that's, a, that's a pivotal point of where things could go terrific or things could go really sideways. They can really go bad, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> and once it's on paper, that's an expensive fix. That's not not a quick, easy yeah. thing. Yeah, it's not cheap. Got it. That's a stinger. Um, so what are you struggling with in your creative career right now? Hmm, I can't say that I'm actually struggling with anything at the moment. That's the Hawaiian uh-huh. answer. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It is. It's all good. You know, I like – we all have roadblocks along the way, right? Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of realizing that those blocks are going to come and you just have to keep working. Yeah. You know, I, I'm pretty relentless and how I do things. And if I, if there's no solution there, I keep going. Yeah. You know, and I, I just keep plugging away at it. You know, I may step away, go for a walk, play a video game, whatever it may be. Um, just to step away for a second. But mm-hmm. I just I keep charging at it. So the work, that's the you – know, keep working through it. Keep working through it. You know, and one of the things I do every morning too is I wake up and I do a 30-minute creative exercise. Oh, cool. What's that? It can be anything. You know, a lot of times – sometimes I do structure. Right now I'm working on um, – and I don't always get to work on the same project. But, you know, one, one of the examples is I'm doing an alphabet packaging project. Okay. Where, where I'm taking a typeface that starts with the letter A, for example, and uh, – product that starts with the letter a Mm -hmm. so the first one i did was an airplane and american typewriter was the font so i'm pairing those two and just sort of creating things that i wouldn't create otherwise yeah and trying to only spend 30 minutes on it i like that now are you thinking ahead what are you going to do for like x i haven't gotten there yet i might do an (laughs) x-ray machine i uh that's the cop that's actually the hardest part (laughs) trying to figure out what i want to do for the letters yeah and i'm only on n right now so I'm slowly getting there. And how many fonts start with X? Good question. Yeah, not, <laughs> not many. There, there has to be one or a few out there. There has to be something. Yeah. Okay, that's definitely a creative exercise. I like that opinion. So what has been a project you've been a part of that you are the most proud of? One that makes your heart sing or something that you would consider the biggest design feather in your cap? It's actually a current project I'm working on right now. Do tell. Um, I'm working, I can't give you the name, but working on a brewery and a restaurant. Mm-hmm. 
And so designing everything from the logo to the cans to the menus, you know, get to be a part of everything that the customer client will touch. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very happy with the direction it's going right now. Cool. So what, what elements are you the most proud of in that? Is that just because you get to touch all of the points? It's probably going to touch everything in the total experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I love designing beer cans. So, yeah, always super proud of, of doing that sort of stuff because there's so much freedom with it. Yep. You know, I mean, they said that, you know, beer cans are sort of the new record labels, right? You can sort of create anything you want to. And, you know, the the, the clients themselves, too, are really great. They have stories behind all their beers. And so it's it's been a really fun process. That's cool. Is there is there one particular type of um, product or area of design that you stick in and hang out, whether it's packaging or working with breweries, or is there one area that you really enjoy? Probably working with breweries and beer. Mm-hmm. I actually don't even drink a lot of beer. Um, just the designing of it, I really yeah. enjoy. Um, but also doing logos. Mm-hmm. You know, for, I really like working with small businesses. You know, a lot of people, small businesses are people's passions, right? You know, yeah. And they, all their energy and love goes into it. And so being able to help out with that and help them be successful, I really, I really enjoy. That's great. Um, do you have any particular, uh, you know, su- success story, for lack of a better term, of a small business that you helped uh, improve or help turn around? And do you have a story around that? Yeah, you know, I've got a friend in uh, Boulder, actually, who's got a coffee business, and um, he was sort of struggling along and didn't have good packaging or a good logo. Um, his name was Noah Noah, and um, ended up helping him out with all of that stuff, and he ended up, you know, sort of doing well, you know, part of his, his business, too, and what he's got going on. Mm-hmm. But visually, I was able to help him sort of establish where he needed to go, and he ended up selling the business and moving on to something else that he enjoyed. Oh, cool. Um, so what piece of advice would you offer to new design grads looking to make their mark in the creative industry? Wait on tables. Wait on tables. Yeah. You know, I, I think learning how to deal with clients yep. and customers is one of the most important things you can ever do. Um, you know, before, when I was actually in design school, I was working at a busy restaurant in uh, Waikiki mm-hmm. and I would probably have 100 to 200 different people at the tables every single night, right? So you, I really learned how to quickly deal with problems, how to quickly deal with people, yep. sort of you know, establish what they wanted and they needed, and learning that, it's invaluable. You know, to be able to, to talk to people is so important. And the other thing I'd also say is learn how to write. Really? Learn how to write? Learn how to write. Learn how to sort of learn to be your own copywriter if you can. You know, because you go down that path, it opens everything up for yourself because then you you have your sketching ideas, but also you have your copy ideas because marrying the two, so important. Mm -hmm. Definitely good point. Um, For the wait on tables that you were mentioning, I can see how you would also learn the skills of being able to adapt your personality and your approach based on that person and their personality. Absolutely. Well, you know, learning... Yeah, people's personalities and personality types, you know, you do. You learn the sort of the tools of how, okay, you know, this person's super uptight. You know, I, I can't force something on them, you know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you have to quickly adapt. Got it. So that will help with working in groups and working in, um, you know, environments where 
you have other other components of an agency or something like that all contributing. Yep. Got it. Um, so the final question I want to round out with is what is one design product, tool, or website, or a community that you could not live without? I'd probably say Dribble. Really? Okay. Dribble to me, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot going on on Dribble. Um, there's there's a great community of designers. I, I've met a ton of designers from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also get a ton of leads from Dribble. Really? And so it's worked really well for me. That's cool. So Dribble. You know, and obviously, you know, Illustrator, Photoshop, all that sort of stuff. You know, those are just sort of the tools um, that I think we all have to learn how to use properly. Definitely. So on, on Dribble, just to expand on that a little bit, do you use that as a sales tool and, and sort of think about it that way? Or is it more of a portfolio portfolio tool and you just happen to get work out of it? I think about both. Mm-hmm. Actually, I mean, because it is a portfolio tool, but, you know, you have to think about getting leads all the time. Yep. Right? Like, I'm, I love designing, but I'm here to make money. Yep. You know, I got a mortgage I got to pay. You know, I got a kid I got to feed, you know. There's to, realities to the career. There is. You know, the end game is I got to make money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> um, and so even Instagram, I mean, everything is sort of, you know, like I talked about it before, but the return on investment what is it for and what do I want to do? Got it. So you could even work out the, you know, the ROI of um, the engagement you're getting on your different social media platforms. Where are your leads coming from and does it translate to business? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and go back to the question about younger designers too. Mm -hmm. Great work that you want to do. Yep. You know, if you're not doing work that you don't want to do right now, work on personal projects for work that you want to do. If you want to design beer cans or coffee or whatever it is, mm-hmm. create work for that. Create it. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Jay, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great, Dave. Awesome. Great having you on the show. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Jay Master. What a great piece of advice that he gives at the end there. Uh, Wait on tables. Learn how to interact with a wide variety of personalities and people, and that's a great way to do it. And that applies for freelance when you're out there looking for new business and proposals, but also in agency life, you know, in a busy agency with multiple people in multiple departments that are all interacting and working together for the same goal. Those skills and understanding and adapting for personalities quickly uh, is a big tool to keep in the toolbox. So thank you very much for listening to today's episode and we'll see you tomorrow.